welcome to the Mind Your Leadership podcast. I'm Karen Sook. In this podcast, I will have conversations with thought leaders, CEOs, and managers from various organizations about leading mindfully. We will learn from experienced leaders how they implement mindful leadership in the day-to-day organizational culture, and we will gain tools and skills. So stay with us. Today, I will speak with Amanda Abea. Amanda is a award-winning content creator, keynote speaker, and business coach. She helps business and business owners increase their sales and presence in the world. She launched her Amazon book in 2014 called Make Money or Honey, a spirit entrepreneur's guide to having a love affair with work and money. So it will be interesting. Stay with us. Amanda, thank you for joining today. Thank you so much for having me. It's my honor. So I know that you help business owners to increase their sales and presence. And I know that you also wrote a book called Make Money Your Honey. I would be happy to hear about this book, The Love Connection Between Money and Work. What is the secret and how do you help business owners? So yeah, that is such a good question. No one's ever asked me what the secret is. Thank you. So I have a book out called Make Money Your Honey. I own a company by the same name. The book came about in 2014. So it was about halfway through my journey. I started an online entrepreneurship in 2010, less than halfway through my journey. We're now in 2022. So I've been in online entrepreneurship for 12 years. I started first as a freelance writer. Um, I basically was a financial writer for eight years. I had clients like Wells Fargo, Discover, Credit Karma, all those guys. And then in addition to that, I'd also built a brand as a financial education expert. So I had done like spokesperson work for companies like TransUnion, Capital One, and and big financial companies. So I did that for about eight years. Make Money Your Honey was written kind of in the middle of that because people were like, well, how did you build this? How did you create this? So at the time I wrote what I knew and the book was, okay, well, here's some productivity tips. Here is you know, some sales tips, very basic sales in the book. And then here's how, you know, you can have a better relationship with money. Now, fast forward to 2022, I'm actually working on the second book. (laughs) Uh Yeah, working on the second book now. And we've transitioned, I've completely transitioned out of freelance writing. And now all I do, all my company does is help women-owned businesses improve their sales systems, their sales processes, and their sales skills. And we'll be moving into teams soon. Right now we work with the owners. And it's interesting because even though I know I know so much more and I've learned so much more, I can talk a lot more about leadership and team and all that stuff now. It's interesting how the first book, Make Money Your Honey, still makes complete sense. Because if you don't have a good relationship with money, and if you don't have a good relationship with what you do for a living, most people out here have bad attitudes, let's be real then it's, it's going to be very difficult to do sales and generate income. So it's interesting how it still applies. What I hear you say that, first of all, in order to make money, you need to be passionate about what you're doing, right? To love what you're doing. You know what? Yes and no. I think you need to be passionate about helping people. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's really what it is. I remember in my first business, I would have clients where I had to write about life insurance. Was I passionate about life insurance? Absolutely not. It was one of the most boring topics on the planet, but I knew it was going to help somebody. That's what I was passionate about. Okay. So you're passionate about helping people and being as a servant to others. However, you know, I do believe that once we are doing what we love and we're passionate about what we're doing and it's connect to being as a servant for you, it's going to be on this path or the other path, but you feel that you're bringing the added value. So it's easier. However, I find it in the beginning of my journey, really challenging to sell. You know, it, for me, it felt like an unauthentic thing to do. And, and I, I was disconnected from this part. It was really challenging. What do you see the most challenging part for, I understand you're working with women mainly, but for women with the money, to ask money, to sell the products? What is oh my God, there's so much going on here. So many rabbit holes. So number one, if you're feeling resistant to sales, it's completely normal. No one wants to do sales. I didn't want to do sales. My team didn't want to do sales. Half my clients don't want to do sales. Most of the stuff I see on the internet is about how to avoid sales at all costs. Uh-huh because nobody wants to do it because it's uncomfortable. I have found though, that the reason it's uncomfortable is because people don't, well, two things. Number one, people don't understand it at all. They think it's about winning something over someone. It's really just about helping people. So once you really understand sales, if you hear somebody say they don't like sales, like for me, I understand sales. I love sales. If I hear somebody say, I don't like sales, I'm hearing two things. Number one, you don't like to help people. And number two, you don't like money. Mm -hmm. Because sales is the only thing on the planet that makes money move. There is nothing else. There's a misunderstanding of sales for lots of reasons. Number one, we've all had a bad sales experience. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's good at it. Uh, Most people haven't had training on how to do good sales. That's a a huge problem. Now we're doing some market research on how we're going to be helping teams. And I've noticed what a massive problem it is that most companies do not have adequate sales training. So if you don't have adequate sales training in most companies, that means that you, the consumer, have probably had a horrific sales experience at some point in your life. Mm-hmm. So then that makes you feel like sales is a pushy, sleazy kind of thing. I think in the past, you know, there was the push attitude and the pull attitude. The push attitude is t- take the product and sell it anyway to the client. doesn't matter if it's a suitable for him or not. And the new sale, it's actually the pull aspect. It's what you're saying. Listen to your client understand what it really needs and see how we can help them. So this is a really different approach. What's interesting is people who have done sales well, sales has always been about the pull. Always, always. If you were doing it correctly, it was always about listening. Mm -hmm. You can't do sales without listening. And that's going to bring me to the second portion where we all really struggle with sales is we let our egos get in the way. We're too concerned with how, what we sound like, what we look like, what the other person's thinking about, if they're going to reject us or not. Oh my God, my bills. We're not focused on helping the other person. We're focused on ourselves. Mm-hmm. What I think it's even deeper than ego. I think it sits on self-esteem, on being able to be authentic with what I bring to the world and to have my presence and to bring my presence out there. Self-esteem is a part of it, right? But that's still ego because if you don't have the self-esteem for it, and we'll talk about how to build that self-esteem in a second, but if you don't have the self-esteem for it, you're still just focused on your own insecurities. You're not listening to the other person. You're too worried worried about what they're going to think of you. I don't care what other people think about me. I'm just here to get the problem solved. You may not like me in the moment, but we're going to solve this problem and then you're going to love me. Okay, that's an interesting attitude. Now, in terms of self-esteem... 
what I have found, and I've been doing sales for a long time. I've been doing sales since I was 20. You have to sell yourself on yourself. That is the hardest sale anybody will ever have to do every single day. And the problem most people have with themselves is they don't have integrity with themselves. They don't do what they say they're going to do. They let the insecurities get in the way rather than moving forward and figuring it out anyway. So I'll give a perfect example. We're in February. How many people said in January that they were going to get fit in 2022, signed up for a gym membership and already stopped going? Mm -hmm. Every time you do that in any area of your life, the only thing you're telling yourself, yourself, your subconscious is that you can't trust yourself. So if you can't trust yourself, how the hell is someone else supposed to trust you? Well, you really tough. <laughs> yeah, look, sales is a lot of personal responsibility. And, you know, I train my own team now and then we're going to be training other people's teams. It will bring up all your stuff. It mm -hmm. will ask because people are going to mirror you. They're going to mirror exactly what you've got going on inside. So you got to make sure that your side of the street is clean. It's the same thing in leadership, right? How do you expect the people working under you to do what you want them to do if you don't do it yourself or if you haven't done it yourself. They're not going to follow you. Smart people won't. Yes, you're talking about leading by example. However, you know, when we said business owners are struggling in the area of sales. So when you approach a business owner or a woman, an individual that wants to increase your sale, how do you help them do the first step because it's really challenging. You know, we know the theory, but at the end of the day, right. you know, human beings and we have our emotions that, as you said, we're getting stuck and we're not yeah. going forward. So how can you help them? So a couple of things. Number one, we, we go through the offers themselves. Most people out here don't even have offers that solve problems for people. And we got to start there. They haven't gone out into the marketplace and actually asked, what is it that you want? Most of us start businesses because we loved something or maybe we solved our own problem. And then we just assume that if we create something and slap it on the internet, someone's going to buy it. And a lot of people are getting a rude awakening that that's not how this works. So what we have to do, number one, is we have to go out into the marketplace and we have to create something that actually solves problems. That helps with the confidence automatically because then you feel much better about the offer and what it is you're providing for people. So we start there. The second part of it, honestly, is just skill set. A lot of people don't understand the skills and because they don't understand the skills, then of course you're fumbling along and not understanding what to do. Perfect example. One of my team members, when I told her, hey, it's time for everybody to start pulling in revenue in this company, she really didn't want to do it. I mean, she resisted. She, it was not good. Six months later, because I've taught her the skills and we practice every day, now she's like, all right, I'm going after it. Here are my 15 people that I'm talking to today. Let's go. Mm -hmm. So a part of it is, was just like learning the actual skill set and doing it. Now, I also tell people, like, I know what kind of a coach I am. I'm a damn good coach. Right. And I can see it in my results, my clients' results, and my team's results. So I always tell people in the beginning of our programs look, if you are still finding yourself that you are unable to do this for whatever reason, and there's resistance, even though the answers are all in front of you, something else is going on. And I am totally for people seeking therapy if they need it, because there might be something else going on. There's something deeper happening. Mm -hmm. So to people who are listening to us and they want to increase the sale, what tip that can you give them to do differently tomorrow morning? Yeah, one tip. I have so many. So I'll say one that I actually learned um, from one of my mentors. I've worked with some of the top sales trainers in the United States and possibly the world. One of those mentors is Grant Cardone. I learned this one from him. And I got to say it's true because I've already tested it. 
And I'm going to say this one only because if people hear it, they're like, wait, what? Is that true? How does that even work? Most people are taught in sales that let's say somebody says no to a particular product or I can't afford it. Most people are taught to immediately downsell and put them into a lower price point product. But what if I told you that half the time, what you need to do is move up to the more expensive product and you're going to close the more expensive product. That's surprising. That's surprising, right? Because when people say I can't afford it, they just mean I don't really value it. So I'll give you an example. There was a lead I was working on. Uh, The first initial investment would have been 5,000, couldn't close her. Then we tried to come up with something custom six months later, it would have been 10,000. Then I created, she still said no. Then I created a new offer. I reached out to her. I said, hey, I think this is actually much better for what it is that you're looking for. I closed her on a $40,000 contract after she told me she couldn't afford it twice. So you're actually saying that people that are saying that it's too expensive, they don't actually really mean that it's not too expensive. The first thing that comes out of someone's mouth is usually not true. Mm -hmm. It's just a reaction. An automatic reaction, you say? It's just an automatic reaction. I need to think about it. I'm not interested. Let me go talk to my spouse. I can't afford it. That's too much money. That's Usually they're just automatic reactions. This is a resistance that you need to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, it is a resistance that you need to deal with. Um, We teach our clients how to deal with it. But the first thing you need to know is that the first thing that comes out of someone's mouth may not necessarily be real. And you have to learn how to find out whether or not it's real. Mm -hmm. So for example, yesterday I had a lead tell me like three different things. Oh, it's too much money. Oh, I don't have the time. There was another situation. So I said, okay, great. So I've heard three different things. Totally agree with you. It's a lot of money. We hear it all the time. Totally agree with you that you've got a lot going on, right? And time might be a constriction. So I can better serve you. If you only had to pick one, which one would it be? What's the most important thing? Oh, it's the money. Okay, great. So now I know that I have to handle the money objection, not all these other things, because all these other things don't really mean anything. Mm -hmm. That's Those things don't really have anything to do with her making the decision. So you actually say that the, the crucial skills in sales is really to be clear about the needs of the clients, to understand really what they're saying beyond what they're really saying. Because usually they say the automatic reaction that you need to unfold it. You need to understand what's the essence and then you can really give the solution for the problem. Because yep. usually we give solution to not the real problem so we won't succeed, right? So once we're accurate and we really listen to our customer and potential customer, we can understand what's needed there, and then we can go forward. Exactly. And that's where I go back to ego, right? And I don't mean ego in a bad way, but most people are in those kinds of situations and they don't, well, number one, they don't know what to do. And my company will train you on what to do. But number two, they also don't understand the sales psychology of what's going on in those moments. Any professional salesperson who's done really well will tell you that human beings say and do a lot of things that they don't really mean. Yes, I think as human beings also, I think we are really emotional human beings. We are yep. not rational and we're not buying from the rational aspect. So what I learned during my journey that in order to be successful in selling and beyond it, it's first of all the connection with the client, right? With the, the human being that sits in front of me to connect with them. And once I connect, you know, 
we can go further and explore. And another thing I learned that listening, I think it's really a crucial and asking questions. Listening, yes, absolutely. So um, I'm training my team now and like this is an area where I have to work with them over and over and over again. And even our clients, most people will ask very surface level questions. What's your budget? Are you ready to get started now? None of that stuff matters. What you What you need to really find out is like, why are we having this conversation? What have you done before? What worked? What didn't? What do you need to see from this? Why is that so important to you? If there's something that you don't really understand or don't have clarity on, ask about it. Go in, probe, go deeper. Most people don't do that. One, because they don't know how. But two, because they just don't listen. They're so busy trying to rush to the finish line and get the close that they just do not listen. And the prospect's going to tell you exactly how to close them. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Otto Sharma talks about the U theory and he talks about four la- layers of listening. And the first one is the downloading that you're waiting for the other person to stop talking in order to say what you have to say. And usually we act upon this automatic behavior and listening instead of really being present with our potential clients, right? And listening to what they need. So it's really crucial. And as you say, it's, we lack this skill. We need to nourish it. We need to nourish the skill. We need to train on the skill. We need to put ourselves in the arena. I often tell people like, listen, you're going to make a bunch of mistakes in sales. It just is what it is. It comes with the territory, but it's like driving a car. You don't learn how to, by reading the manual. You learn by getting in the arena and it's constant practice. I practice with my team every day. Every single day, we get the peanut butter out of our mouths with ourselves first before we're actually talking to prospective clients. Uh-huh. And tell me, what do you think a business owner's fear from success? Fear of success is huge. Um, I've dealt with this. (laughs) I've seen a lot of clients deal with this. You know, with our clients, they get results really fast. I mean, we we just had a couple of clients tell us last week that they 5X to their revenue in 12 months. Amazing. That's, oh yeah, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's a huge jump in a 12 month period. And sometimes what happens with our clients that get results really quick, we've had others close $14,000 sales in two weeks after not making any money. I mean, we've, we've had people close 28,000 in new business with a brand new business in 90 days. They get results because we teach sales. We teach the skill set that actually gets the money, not a bunch of marketing theory or trends. Like here's how to actually talk to people and close a deal. And what happens sometimes is they get results so fast that they can't even believe it and they start to shut down. Uh And I've seen this happen quite a lot, actually. Everybody always talks about quantum leaps and fast results. Nobody talks about the reaction that your brain has when you get fast results. I had my first six-figure month in October of 2021 and I panicked. Uh I had a near panic attack. Even though I'd been preparing for this for, you know, two, three years, even though I knew it was coming, even though I was holding the space, I, I panicked because it was starting to get really easy. And I was like, oh my God, you know, it was like shocking to the system. And then your brain starts making up a bunch of stories like, oh man, it must be a fluke. You know, you know, you can't do that again. You know, you can't do all this or like, oh my gosh, you're starting to get a lot of attention. All these people are going to criticize you. So again, all our insecurities start coming up when we start succeeding and uh, it could be a scary thing. So I understand it. So how did you deal with it when you... You know, I have really good mentors and trainers. You know, I also have a therapist. I was like, something's up, right? Because I think I have a giant fear of success or something. I don't know. And I'm going through a lot of big, massive business changes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go get a therapist. 
that's what I did and find out what's going on and, and help me with that. And I have mentors and I have a really good support system. And, but I, I think the reason I say that is to normalize it because nobody talks about this. Everybody talks about the, oh my gosh, the big numbers and the shiny stuff. No one talks about like, holy crap, like this just grew really fast and the responsibility just got bigger. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it because I, I agree with you. Usually we talk about the success and what's the shiny things, but not the process that people are going through in order to get there. A lot of stuff emerges during the process, right? This is our journey to meet ourselves in different aspects and to grow and evolve and to let go of fear of a fear of failure, fear of success, different experience that we had along our way that doesn't serve us anymore and we need to let go. So I think being able to be out there and show fully and to increase our sales and our presence, you know, because for me, the sales is part of our being present in the world and bringing our presence to the world. We need to grow as persons and as leaders and as individuals. And once we grow, we can embrace it. We can contain it. We can evolve within it, but it's challenging. We're human. It's, it's definitely a process that you evolve into. I was not born this way. People are like, man, I wish I was as confident as you. I'm like, this is a choice. No one's born this way. You choose to be this way and you choose to show up and you choose to learn things and you choose to confront your insecurities. It's a choice at the end of the day. Um, But sometimes people will place that on me. Like, I can't do it because I'm not as confident as you. And I'm like, but this is a choice. (laughs) And as you said in the beginning, you know, I think the challenging part is selling ourselves. It's the most challenging part, right? To sell others' products, it's more easier. But once we need to sell our products and to show up and to be there fully, it's challenging. I think it's not the, the comfort zone of people. What do you think? Well, sales period isn't in people's comfort zone because we're taught to avoid rejection. We're taught to avoid criticism. We're taught to avoid problems. All sales is, is solving problems. And we've been told our whole lives to avoid problems. Interesting. Although, you know, there are people that are more, you see that they are more salesperson because they're outgoing, they're extrovert, they like interacting with people. So it's easier for them, like, versus people who don't like to show up and You know what? I will push back upon that because I had team members tell me this, say, oh, but we're introverted. Okay, great. That means you're a better listener than I am and you'll actually be better at sales than me. Okay, interesting. I didn't think about it like this. So you say we need to have both interact and also be able to pause and listen. And it's both. Everything's a balance. So the way that I've had to learn, I guess I'm more of an, I, I don't know, I guess I'm an ambivert. I don't know. I just learned that. But people would peg me as an extrovert. Um, As much as I've had to learn to slow down and actually listen, I have team members who are actually really good at listening and have had to get better at being assertive and more Mm -hmm. outgoing and more visible. That's right. So you say we need to be able to increase our self-awareness and know what what our strength and what our weaknesses and to work on our, to strengthen our strength and to nourish the parts that we are less feeling comfortable there. So in order to... Yeah, I'm about to say something probably very unpopular in the leadership space that I think is based on a lot of wisdom, but you kind of got to be careful with it, which is where everybody's like, just hire out the stuff you're not good at. I agree and disagree, right? I agree that not everything is a good use of your time, Mm -hmm. but I disagree in the sense that it depends on what you're talking about. So for example, when I hear people saying like, can I just hire somebody to do my sales? You're just not wanting to take responsibility for your own sales. But here's the thing. If you want to hire a good person at sales, 
you need to understand sales because why would someone who's a high performer and can make you a lot of money go work for someone who can't show them how to make money selling their particular product? Mm -hmm. So a good salesperson or a high performer who's smart and people want to hire smart people would be like, well, why would I go work there if they can't even sell their own thing and they can't teach, they can't show me how to make money selling this thing. Interesting. So it comes to the point again, leading by example, if, if you want to increase yourself first, begin with yourself, sell your products and then bring people that can sell it also, but you need to first to be the first Exactly, one. exactly. And also, because I hear this a lot, people will be like, well, can my online business manager just run my sales team? No, what does an online business manager know about sales? Nothing. They can uh-huh. collect the numbers, but they don't know how to go coach and develop a sales team. That's right. So no, they can't, but that's, that's people wanting to throw money at problems. And I think a lot of it comes down to hire out what you're not good at. I think that's good in a lot of cases. Like I have an accountant, I'm not about to go learn tax law, mm-hmm. right? I have an attorney. I'm not about to go to law school. Yeah. Sales. I had to learn how to do that myself. And as I have an internal team with sales and, and I heard someone say this recently, I wish I would have heard it three years ago was um, people don't realize that they become leaders the minute they hire their first employee. So, you're not just like running a business. Now you're responsible for developing people, managing people, making sure they produce for you. And uh, that's that's also a very uncomfortable thing for people. Yes, because they're evolving during the process. Amanda, what do you think people are feeling about asking for money? Yeah. So, what's interesting about money, uh, the sales training that I do with our high level clients right now, and the sales training that we'll be selling to businesses at some point. I'm doing a real deep dive into money because I was a financial writer for eight years and I noticed two things. Well, I noticed something that I'm sure most of the world has noticed, which is we're all messed up about money and we're all triggered about money and we all have very conflicting feelings Mm -hmm. about money in and of itself. And there's two reasons for it. Number one, people don't understand the financial system at all. They place their security in money and they don't realize that we totally made money up. Mm -hmm. It's not that secure. I mean, we literally watch cryptocurrency get invented in front of our eyes. We made it all up. It's it's just a game. And then you got to learn how to play the game. But most people don't see that. They're like, money is this concrete thing that keeps me safe. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't. It could all be gone tomorrow. So you say it's an illusion and we create- It's an illusion. Complete illusion. That's number one. Number two, uh, it's the moralization of money. So we've, we are institutions, you know, in the West, it's very like Judeo-Christian type of tradition. And I'm from the West. So that's what I understand. You know, you hear stuff like money is the root of all evil, or uh, there's that Bible verse, something about like, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the gates of heaven. They're like, Jesus said that Jesus said, rich people are evil. No, (laughs) we were going to read like the rest of the verse and see what was actually being said. (laughs) You know, so in Western culture, there's a there's a lot of that. You know, I'm not as sure about Eastern culture, but at least in the West, money's been made to be good or bad. Money's mm-hmm. neither good nor bad. It's a completely neutral resource, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of my team members, that was one of her struggles and resistance to sales was she didn't want to get called greedy. Amazing. Amanda, is there any question that I didn't ask you that you want to talk about? No, you asked me really good questions, actually. <laughs> <laughs> You asked me the one question that ends in like a can of worms, which is like, why do we struggle so much with sales? Well, let me explain. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I struggle along the journey. So I think each and every one struggled with it. So it was 
interesting for me to learn from your expertise. Amanda, people that are listening want to follow you and to reach out. Where can they find you? Yeah, so you can find me uh, on our website, makemoneyyourhoney.com. You'll find our podcast, some of our videos. You can also find me on social media. I'm Amanda Abeya everywhere except TikTok. I'm the real Amanda Abeya because someone took my name, I guess, pretending to be me. <laughs> and then on YouTube, you can find us at Make Money Your Honey. Amanda, thank you very much for the tips and your experience. It was uh, inspiring. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. You're invited to subscribe to our podcast in order to know when we upload a new episode and follow us on social media. Thank you for listening. Until next time, take care and bye-bye.